Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 27 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I am chatting with author Haleen Winter. Thank you, Haleen, for being here and taking the time to talk to me. How are you doing today? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to chat. Me too. <laughs> Why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been writing, and how you got started? Well, I am, uh, I would say, a, a baby. I'm kind of coming out of the baby author stage, I think. I feel like I've gotten an MBA in all the things book-related, self-published-related <laughs> over the past couple of years. But I, my first book was released in 2020, and it is uh, my my final book in that series is actually coming out um, in March of this year. So... Um, it's been the full this full series that I had in my mind for many, many years, mainly because I've been such a huge fan and a fangirl of so many amazing authors over the years. Reading and reading romance novels has been a not-so-secret guilty pleasure of mine ever since I've been, gosh, a little girl, and my mom wrote them, and so I would read her cast-offs. And so um, <laughs> I've always used that as an escape from my real job and my real, you know, just reading fluff just say in my ordinary life the reading that I do is a lot more technical and so being able to escape in romance um especially steamy romance has been um just such a huge part of my life that I wanted to do it myself yeah and how was that moment where you just decided you're like okay I'm gonna do it because I find that fascinating and it takes a lot of guts to put yourself well, out there this is actually a kind of a cool story because um, it kind of goes to my husband. My husband is a builder and he builds houses for everybody. And he finally, finally decided to build our own house. And so we had moved out and packed everything up and then the house got finished and we we're moving back into the house. And I wanted to make sure that everything that went back into the new house was what I like to call curated. Because you know how you, if you've moved many times in your life, you just carry boxes full of crap that you don't even remember what's in the box. You never take the time to look through it. This time I was like, I was now I'm determined to go through every single box I have and just get rid of things and purge things that, you know, I didn't need anymore. So as I was doing that, I came across, uh, I had actually sent away this whole big group of boxes from my high school years and my high school and college years that was just sort of in one of those pods that you know they take it away and then they bring it back so i was going through this and i found um, all of my old high school notes and within those notes was this manuscript that i had written when i was 15. when i was 15 i was a huge 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 music fan as i am still today and my dream at that time was to marry a rock star. And I wrote a book about it and it starred me and three of my girlfriends at the time. Actually, all three are still my good friends of mine to this day. But it was us in high school and how we met this band and how we were um, the girlfriends, essentially. And uh, I was 15 and I read it and um, my husband read it and I actually made PDF copies and sent it to my friends that were in the book. 
because I used to read it to them every night on the phone as I typed these pages. And we realized it really wasn't that bad. Now, my taste in men was, you know, a dude in leather cheetah pants. So <laughs> it evolved since then. But um, I, I just was like, my husband's like, you know, you read so voraciously. And you, I bet you that you are, you know, you're a good writer. This is good for 15. Like imagine what you could do now that, you know, writing has been part of what I do for a living for many years. Um, So I just decided to do it. And it took me about a year and a half to get the first draft of Endless, which is the first book that I ever released, which was in June, 2020 out. But as I was doing it, I, I, I thought, you know what, I need to learn, like I need to humble myself and, and, you know, even though I've kind of risen to a certain level in my own career, that's not writing. Um, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it really right. So I looked at some of my favorite authors, Carrie Ann Cole and Mary Carr and Jane Diamond and a bunch of authors that I just love. And I saw, oh, you use this photographer, you use this editor. And I actually just reached out and created my own little team. So I found an editor that um, agreed to take me and I and I reached out to a photographer who said that she could do some photos you know some photos for my covers um, and then of course COVID hit <laughs> so my photos um, my photos got postponed because of COVID so I ended up having to cover my book um, in a stock photo that a lot of people use the model that I use mm. uh, it's amazing by the way but we had set up a photo shoot with him He'd agreed to do it. But in between then and the time we ended up deciding to do the actual photo shoot, when when we the COVID restrictions started easing, um, his wife was pregnant and he, yeah. and he had a wife. And he didn't want to do any more shoots with other ladies, which I agreed with and supported. So we brought his wife in to be the model. <laughs> so, so it was just one of these magical experiences where I put this team together and... Um, having an editor who had worked um, for a lot of authors that you probably know. Um, she really helped me understand how to write, knowing that I was going to release in KU, how to write um, really focused on that to really keep the story moving because with your first book, you just really need help. I really believe that. I really believe that, you know, editing and being humble about it, not being so caught up in your own, ego is really important because ultimately what I want is the very best story for people to read a story that's compelling and people love the characters. And so, um, so she's been with me ever since, and she's been with me all the way through this latest book that's coming out, which will be the end of my first series. Wow. It's, it's great that the husband was supportive. And I think we're, we're pretty lucky in a lot of senses. Many are, and others sometimes are the inspiration <laughs> for the characters. <laughs> others hope they are the inspiration <laughs> for the characters. Uh, but that's fantastic that he was so supportive. Um, does he sometimes mess with you and say, so what have I inspired lately? The handyman. <laughs> you know, what's funny is my husband is not a reader. He, um, he's Irish. He's Mm -hmm. really Irish with the accent, the whole thing. So one of my characters is Irish, which is inspired Mm -hmm. by him and actually grew up where he grew up in Ireland. Hmm. Um, and there's families Irish. Um, they're all, they all live in America now, but, um, he has been really, really supportive. I don't think that he thought it would take off the way it's taken off. 
you know, and nobody does, right? Like, and so when it started, some, the book started um, charting in Amazon, which is, you know, I feel a pretty, I feel very great, just so grateful that people are really loving books. I just, I don't think he realized like, oh, this isn't just a hobby. This is something you really love to do. And um, I do, I love it. I really get into it. I think that he wasn't prepared for the teasing <laughs> of his friends. So some of my friends or his friends' uh, wives have all read the books. And then of course the husbands give him a lot of guff, like, hey, you know, and, and finally, <laughs> they teased me. And finally I was just like, uh, I, I actually had to not like call him out, but I was like, you know, if you're so focused on this, what is missing? Right. <laughs> you know, because they were like, oh, you're writing smut. You're writing smut. And I was like, well, yeah, there, there's definitely some very graphic sex scenes in my books. But um, it's it's about the story and the characters and the whole smut part of it is not gratuitous, I don't think. At least I, I don't mean for it to be. Right. No, I think that that's actually uh, several good points there. At the end of the day, though, they were making fun of someone who was inspiring the good characters and the sexy characters. I think if it was, if he was inspiring the asshole or the guy with the, you know, that doesn't know what to do with himself or anybody else in the room, uh, then maybe for shits and giggles. But if he's inspiring the, the leads and the, and all this other fun stuff, like why are you even bothering making fun of them in that aspect? <laughs> I'm like, Jealous? aspire to be them. <laughs> Like, what is your secret, sir? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I try really hard not to because my stuff is rock star romance. Uh, this first series is rock star romance. My next book is not going to be rock star romance, but um, it's because I, I used to be a rock promoter and a, and a band manager. And so I would read a lot of rock star romance and there's some really amazing rock star romance out there. And then there's some that I can just having been behind the scenes for so many years, you know, and it's a, it's more of a fan perspective than a, like how it really is perspective. And I just, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I guess, I don't know, OCD, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but it's like, I like, I like details to be truthful. Do you know what I mean? Like I, the, the story is vague and the bands that I work for, they're not in any of these books, but the the emotions are real and the challenges are real and then and and that's what i you know i want the goal is to sort of make you feel like you're in it right right and so um so little details that there's lots of little i guess what do you call them easter eggs that are you know like places that i've been or like places that my husband and i've eaten dinner at or mm -hmm. places we've visited or things like that but there's you know i try very hard not to make any of the characters um, they're more inspired by based on if that makes sense no absolutely and and uh, and I really do value the authors where when they can do the research or do the research to make a specific role like when if you're going to talk about the firefighter or the handyman yeah. or the rock star some of those little details that anybody else may not think of as important until that reviewer knows their shit and knows that that stuff is not accurate or how that goes. And as someone that loves her romance, but also went to culinary school and they, and there's that chef in the kitchen that's doing the wrong chop for that one soup. You're going, no, <laughs> <laughs> or usage of the wrong terms and things like that. And it, but it also helps with sometimes 
those individuals that will potentially maybe like to get into that kind of career to kind of give them a little bit of the glimpse of what some of that stuff might really look like. Totally. Know? And I love that you bring up chef because my husband, and I actually owned a restaurant for 11 years and food and culinary stuff is huge part. Like we have literally missed a plane to get dinner, you know, we're really into it. It's just one of our things. And it's been one of these things that's evolved over the years. And um, I'm, I'm actually going to do a series on, uh, on a restaurant that the character in the book that's just coming out is uh, it's her restaurant, the, the lead heroine, uh, her dream. And she went to culinary school. She's my, my plus size um, heroine chef. I love her so much. And she going to open, or she has opened a restaurant. So I want to explore all of the uh, staff at her restaurant because they're all nice. pretty cool. <laughs> right. And people sometimes don't under, well, when it comes down to like firefighters, everybody kind of has that, the shift and how they're buddies. And we always want that next guy. Right. Yeah. Same thing with a band. We have the lead singer, the guitarist, the bassist. Yep. I have yet to really read a series or listen to a series that has that one chef that will talk into and get into the sous chef and the sommelier and all and the host. Usually it's cupcakes and bakery and then lead restaurant somewhere <laughs> else. And I'm like, but but that that sous chef was really cute. What about him? <laughs> and so well, thank yeah, you. The and the all the different parts of the kitchen and to make a true a true like dining experience work there's so many parts of it and there's everybody has a role to play and it's like this this dance and so yeah i'm excited i'm really actually excited to do that series when when it comes about so yeah i, I so i'd really i think that the book that i just finished it's actually getting formatted today nice. getting off to the arc readers in a couple in a couple days i really go into detail about open it what it takes to open up a restaurant and how expensive it is and you know just the architecture and how you have to think about your serving stations and your kitchen and you know all there's so much that goes into a restaurant that people don't know yeah you just walk in and just see the pretty ambiance <laughs> depending on if it's supposed to be a pretty ambiance or not yeah but my god if that kitchen is not laid out properly it's a shit storm back there when you're trying to do some foods um, absolutely and it doesn't matter what it's people tripping over each other pots not fitting it's like yeah. sorry nightmares uh, <laughs> but i do love it when i'm reading it and i'm like oh i know that term oh yeah she is in the weeds um <laughs> 86 that whatever so it's just one of those things that as a reader again to kind of be able to relate to all that and just go yeah i don't miss that but damn it's nice that she got it right it is nice and it's good so it's the same thing with rock stars and bands and all the other kind of potential gigs people can have or topics because if it's in a romantic suspense and he's a special agent of some sort too you know we need to have that again all for imagination but we base it a little bit on that reality on at least some stuff which is fine you were sharing about this new book that's coming out and mentioned that the heroine is a plus size uh, heroine. And I know that we're getting into uh, being a significantly more inclusive and realizing body positivity. And as a plus girl myself, thank you for that. Um, what made you want to write a plus size, you know, heroine for your book? You know, I think it's because um, I'm I'm in the same category, and I think that when you are 
considered plus size or whatever that means, there's a negative connotation to it that I think that a lot of the singers like Lizzo and A.D. Bryant, you know, like comedians and stuff are really helping to get rid of whatever quote unquote stigma is associated with that. And it's one of these things where it's like, you know, I think that every plus size woman has had those moments of where you don't feel like you're as pretty or you're as desirable or you're, you know, or you, you know, you get comments thrown your way that probably don't get thrown. But I think that the older I've gotten, I've realized that it really doesn't matter what your flaw is. Women generally are pointed, the flaws are pointed out to them. So whether you're super tall and skinny, someone's going to say, well, you have a big nose and that's going to make that woman feel less than. And so I love the idea of women generally. I'm just such a huge supporter of making, of just allowing women to be who they are and whatever profession they want and whatever size or whatever, however they find themselves, that it was really important to me to explore that. And I, I'm pretty raw in the exploration of it in this, in this particular book, because she's, you know, her, the, the story it's a, it's called timeless encore is the book that's coming out. I have eight books in the series and the first four are the HEAs and the second four are their encores where you, my, my theory is, you know, what happens after the happily ever after? Cause one of my things is, and I, I know I'm kind of going on a tangent, but I'll, I'll pull it back. I promise. Um, but one of the things that I love books so much, and I love the authors that I love so much, and I'm always devastated when the story's over. And you might see little snippets of the characters in other books, um, but you don't ever really know what happens. You know, they get engaged or they get married or whatever it is that happens for their HEA. But I wanted to go one step deeper and go, okay, now that you're together, like, how do you go through something really tough and really have your HEA? Because for me, just being married, having gone through some, you know, ups and downs and tough times and things we've struggled through together. It's like, it makes me love my husband even more that we've done this together. And so I kind of thought that's the true definition of love for me. So I just wanted to explore that. And so in Timeless Encore, it's the, the story is of Zane and Fiona who were babies together. Their parents were all friends. Their parents all are really messed up addiction issues, just really bad trauma and mental abuse and all sorts of stuff. And so they've found each other through the time they were kids and then they were forced separated and they come back together. That's in one of their, in, in timeless. And now they're together, but it does that all really go away, you know? And how do you actually, now that you're actually have your happy liver after, how do you actually deal with it? And I think for Fiona, who is the plus size heroine, um, she's realizing like, you know, this guy that I'm with is like literally one of the most coveted men on the planet. And like, I know he loves me because we've been growing up together, but does, you know, he could really have anyone. Why is he with me? You know, like, you know, you're, you're striving for it so long, but then once you're there, it's like, do you need that reassurance? Do you need that? And there's an event that happens in all the encores that affects all the books. And it affects every one of the couples in a, in a pretty major way. And so it also has the chance to sort of come together and bring everything to a close for the series. But that's the, that's the particular thing I'm exploring in Timeless Encore is just body positivity and, you know, anxiety and how your true love can really 
see you. And it's not about if your hair is a mess or you took a shower, if you gained five pounds or gained 20 pounds, it's not about that. Your true yeah. love can see you. Mm -hmm. Or like that lovely, t you know, movie moment where all of a sudden she takes off her glasses. That's the only yeah. thing that's changed. And oh my God, the hero's like, you're gorgeous. And I'm like, listen, fucker. <laughs> it's exactly. Yeah. It's like, where have you been? It's like that Clark Kent Superman. I'm like, is that the totally. only difference? But, and that's where I think a lot of authors are starting to dive deeper in there where it isn't a, the heroine trying to fix herself to be the skinnier girl in order to get the guy. It's just one yep. of those, like they accept themselves. It is what it is for whatever the reasons. And either you love me for who I am at this moment in time or the door's right over there and don't waste my time. It is. And I think it's also, you know, I think that it's, I don't know, it's, it's just, you know, having, I'm sure you understand this. If you're, if you're going to, so many of my friends go through this, you know, it's mm -hmm. like not everybody is size zero. And as you get older, you're not, it's harder to stay that size mm -hmm. and you're like is it really worth it or do i want to go and have the really great dinner in the really great restaurant it's like no i want to go have the really good dinner in the restaurant girl just girl. as important you know <laughs> absolutely <laughs> like, i mean we're dinner in denver right <laughs> right exactly well i think you know kind of growing up um from you know sometimes you know there's things that happen in in, in your health that can cause certain things to make you the way that you are whether you're a skinny skinny little you know individual or your plus size. And the society stigma is that I am stuffing my face with pizza and burgers to be this size. And I'm just not letting doing anything about it. And, you know, contrary to that stigma, in my own case that I can speak for, it's a hormonal issue. And I've done yep. those diets with the injection, I mean, like 500 calories, you know, a day yep. and the injections and everything. And I will always plateau after losing five or six pounds and then done. And it gets to the point where I'm literally in the diet. And I'm going, you know what? I'm going to earn this and eat that fucking pizza. Um, because the stress of it is making it worse because again, hormonal and stresses. And I think I, now I'm at a point where over, overall, I'm extremely healthy for my age, as well as the hormonal issues and everything else. And for my own mental sanity, I will go out and enjoy that nice dinner and I'll eat the desserts and, you know, but from a health perspective, also I'll go for my walks and I'll do some exercise. I'll yep. move and kind of look at it that way versus spending hours in the gym. Cause I did that. I did that. I would spend hours on treadmills and exercises yep. Me too. and, and nothing. And I do mean nothing. And it was frustrating and it was not a good mental place to be at and to read books where I tried to escape and always never being able to kind of find a little bit of myself personality wise. I am the sarcastic heroine, <laughs> you know, I like, yeah, that'd be, but you know, when you're talking about, oh, she's so gorgeous, she's so beautiful. And she's a size two. I'm like, even in my best, I was a size 12, 10 in high school. Cause I'm Latina and I have curves and I have junk in my trunk and that's just what it is. And for people sometimes to be considered plus size at a size 12 or 14 i'm going oh my god goals uh yeah so i appreciate I right it's, it's funny, <laughs> but i mean that and that's the thing it's like everybody has their their thing and it's like i don't know i just thought look there's a lot of authors that i really love that are doing great jobs with it and i just you know, I think that when you write what you know and you allow yourself to sort of be vulnerable through your characters, you can, I think that it touches a nerve with people that can relate to it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, you hope so, anyway. 
Yeah. And I think it's, it's, you know, some people will not be able to relate. Others will find that, you know, the wrong term for that culinary procedure, you know, as far as the move from one table to another or whatever was done. But uh, for me, it's all about holistically the story and the character development. And, yep. and yes, if there happen to be some sexy times that are, you know, good moments there, that's great too. But I do think that it is a universal thing. Like whether there's a, I have a scene in the book where, you know, the, the all the women, they're all, you know, with the rock stars, right? They're, they're living out my childhood fantasy here, right? <laughs> but they're all talking in the in the chef, that I, the plus size chef. Um, two of the women are talking and they're talking about how, oh, I've got to go on a diet or, you know, I've got to fit into this or whatever, because all women talk that way. Like, yes. I don't want to sugarcoat that. I mean, I hear it all the time, even here in my office. And she's in her mind, the first thing she thinks of, which I have thought many times is, oh my God, if this, if that woman thinks she's fat, oh, yes, same. what do they think of me? Like, then of course they're not thinking of you because everyone's really self-focused. But like, those are the, those are the negative self-talk that you've got to try to find a way to not place yourself in comparison to other women. Right. And that's, so that's, so that's kind of what I mean about trying to go a little bit deep. You know, it's like, you just feel that way. Like, I don't know any woman that does. Right. No. And, and it's, and it's okay (laughs) to have that moment and go, okay, I'm good. All right. And then. And then get out and of she's it. She's right? beautiful too, and uh-huh. I'm, you know, we're all beautiful. And yes, and you know what? Who makes me feel beautiful? Is it really the guy, or is it me? Do I actually feel like I'm beautiful? Because when you do feel that way, it radiates. And so yes. that's, I mean, and I also think, you know, when, like I said, whether you're tall, skinny, whatever size you are, there's always something that women have to deal with, which is about their looks, and it's so based on our looks and. It's, it is just something that men don't, I mean, men have this, but yes. not, the, not the same way. Yeah. The levels I think of intensity also, I think is a little bit different, but men do go through it as well. But we're also, our, we're so bad value, to our, yes. They might, still- their value isn't placed on what they look like. And that, yeah. and that's the difference. Like the, for men, it's like, what do you do for a living or what school did you have? And like women, if you have that same school or that same, you know, capability or whatever it still goes back to oh but you you know you don't dress correctly or you're too fat or you're too skinny or you have a bump on your nose or whatever it is you know what I mean and so it's just a reality that we live with a little bit I didn't know see you did you you said we're gonna go deep and I, I was like <laughs> how, how deep can we go and here we are <laughs> oh girl, girl we can go deep trust me <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, it's important to kind of have I mean in, in specifically in romance, we are a group of, you know, the, the majority of the readers, the majority of the of the writers are women and we write for other women. Yeah. And we put and, and the authors will put some of themselves into these books, whether it's the hair color or the career or that location that they went to in Paris, fill in the blanks. And for someone else to be able to pick up a book and, and say, oh my God, I too can do this. Or, oh, that's a yep. good idea. I didn't think of it that way. Or wanting to do something in the bedroom, for an example, but thinking that because due to size, it may not be something that they could do or wa- or would want to be done with as far as partner goes. But then it's on the, on the paper and you're going highlight and you s- pass it along to the significant other and say, memorize and later tonight. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what, what's really fun about uh, this this particular couple in both books. I mean, they literally 
I mean, everybody's hot for each other. Don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> some pretty steamy scenes in all of the books. But these two are at a level that, you know, it's just, it's so cellular for them. And um, they are very experimental. We'll just say that. Okay. I know many people are right now writing that title down. For- <laughs> I was on for March 17th, right before Readers Take Denver. Yeah. So let's go there for a little bit. Readers Take Denver is a book signing, actually book convention, because it's four days and there's panels and a a bunch of social stuff and and fun parties. Is this your first official signing or no? No, um, I've been to a few, not a lot, quite honestly, because like I said, I came out in 2020 during COVID when there was nothing. (laughs) Um, But I've been to talk books in Boston and I've been to Authors in the Bluegrass in Kentucky um, I did an event last year here in Seattle, and then I am doing um, another event here in Seattle this later this spring, and then I have Romanticon in July. Okay. But I'm taking the rest of the year off because I have some personal travel. And then my 2024 schedule looks like it's booked now, um, or almost booked. But yeah, I, I really love it. Um, it's one of the things that is for me, it's it's scary because I, again, I'm still pretty new. So I don't always have the, um, you know, the lines around the block that some of the authors do. But I really love to get involved socially and I love to meet new readers and I love to make people um, aware of what I'm doing and hopefully turn them into fans. So I'm pretty engaging. And this is, I think, I don't know that I've announced this yet, but I can announce it with you, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. My cover model for Timeless, who's who I was just explaining, he is going to be with me in Denver. And his name is Enrico Ravenna. And he is literally the nicest, sweetest, and most gorgeous man alive. And he um, is going to sign books, too. So he's coming. And he's just super fun. So you'll meet him. And everybody there will meet him. And he just he's just amazing. And I, I, I love having a cover model with me because... If, if you don't know me, it's a little bit more enticing to come up and meet me <laughs> when you have a good looking guy next to you. Oh, yeah. Those little, <laughs> <laughs> little, little, little treat. But I love to do stuff interactively. Like I'm going to do um, a really fun raffle and I always have little VIP pe- gift baggies for people. I love events. Like I go to events and I love events. So I kind of like to do everything that I like to get when I go to an event. Yeah. So, I love that I, you put yourself in that sh- in that in their shoes as far as as an attendee as well, not just yeah. as the author. And it, it's you know, and it is really strange to you know for me like to have people want you know. Be, now I'm starting to get people that you know have read all my books and know me, and it's um it's really touching, you know, when people like your books mean something to people. Like that's you know, I always thought like if one person really likes the book, then that's that's awesome and more than that like it so it's it's really really fun i love to meet the readers so much and hang out and talk books and talk our favorite authors because i'm literally a fan as much as i am an author yeah i think sometimes a lot of the authors are introvert or that whole extrovert introverts on social plot you know when it comes on to some of these events and a lot of the readers are also introverts and it's like Everybody stays in their corner. <laughs> and there's always someone that's like, no, 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 come over here. Come mingle. Come, come, come. It's okay. She doesn't bite unless she's asked to. And uh, it's all those things. <laughs> and then you always have those friends that are just going to grab that other friend and drag them across saying, hey, you know. 
he's here. <laughs> you know, I, that I, me I really try to be inclusive because I am also that, you know, I'm the, per, I'm the little girl that at my own birthday parties would leave my birthday parties to go up to my bedroom and read. So I'm that girl, but I, you know, over the years, just through um, things that I've put myself in these positions to sort of try to overcome it. I, t- I mentioned that my husband owned a restaurant. It's an Irish pub. And so I, we had a pub quiz and the people that were hosting the pub quiz moved. So guess who got to host the pub quiz? Well, I was terrified, but that was really like after hosting the pub quiz for like seven years, I kind of got over shyness and like, I just didn't feel worried about getting up to speak to people anymore. And you can kind of compartmentalize it. Like, you know, when you have this one chance, you know, to see people or meet people, it's like, it's, it's a really great experience because everybody is so nice and everybody is in the same boat and everybody just, you know, is a little bit, you know, they just, everybody just wants people to love their books. Like all the, that's what the authors want. You know, we just want you to love our books. That's it. And if you do like hearing about it, it means as much to us as it probably means to a reader to say it. And so I love to, you know, draw people out a little bit, hopefully not, not so far out of their comfort zone where they feel stressed, but you know, if you give them, if you can give someone a little bit of a nudge, it means the world. And like a lot of the people I've read at previous sign, met at previous signings have said that like, oh my gosh, I was so glad that you brought me over to the table because I really wanted to come say hi, but I was shy. And, you know, so I think we're all, all, all the authors who've done this a couple of times. And again, I'm, I haven't done as many as so many of these authors have, but I think it's a little bit of that is trying to, you know, ease the way a little bit for the readers that feel shy. Yeah. And this event is, is a, a lot different and a little different depending on which of the other events you've gone to in which that it is four days where a lot of these other conve- other book signings are either just the one day or is maybe this, two and a half. Is this inaugural event though? Is this the first time? Yes, it first? is. It is the first time. I mean, and I time. am blown away by the way, by everybody involved. Like this is, literally top class and i and i texted lisa the organized you know the who's i texted her the other day i'm just like i you know just events generally i'm not i'm saying this generally because again i've been to a lot of events for different work functions and stuff and i mean it is amazing what what is happening and i just really hope that anybody that can get to this event goes because it's all super organized it's top class it's well thought out it's catering to readers and to the authors and i'm so so flipping excited for this yeah i mean there is like the panels are so extensive for the readers from dark romance to historical romance to whodunit because we have a bunch Divine. of thriller <laughs> yeah <laughs> Naughty to hottie. <laughs> yep. I mean, there's so many different things. And in and even situations where, you know, because this kind of event is is new and it really hasn't been done before, there's also, you know, thriller authors attending and mystery writers and you yeah. know general fiction and stuff like that. So if you read and your significant other reads as well, but not romance, they can still come with you and they can still hold the heavy books, but you know, discover new authors in a different genre that may not be within the romance uh community and stuff. But yeah, it's it's gonna be a blast. Four days, bunch of panels, bunch of parties, all sorts of different goodies. We have a raffle for the charity. 
Um, oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Film, is there a film, a screening? And Oh, yeah. We yeah. have the, yeah. <laughs> we have passion flicks coming and they're doing um, an entire red carpet and press will be there. And it's all like, if you want to feel pampered as far as that whole process of what that looks like in the media, as well as getting connected with you guys, the authors, they're also going to have some narrators in house as well. It's, it's worth every single penny and you guys can be so much fun. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's going to be, um, I'm just, I'm already planning my, I just, my assistant who helps me is going to come with me because it's impossible to set up on your own. You need someone. <laughs> um, and she and I just decided to fly in a day early. We're going to come in the night before. It okay. starts. Just because we're like, you know what? <laughs> we want a day. Yeah, <laughs> a you, you need a day. I mean, getting out of that airport. Into, isn't... Yeah. I mean, it's like, it. like I said, I, I didn't know when, when um, I was asked to participate and I was excited to accept but I think it's been evolving into what it's becoming. And I'm just, I could be more excited because I've gone to a couple of the author conferences like Inker's Con and stuff like that, which are a little bit sort of like combining the signing with those sorts of really great events where you have um, the authors actually have some, they can learn about their craft too. Oh, yeah. That is true. We're definitely trying to cater to ensure that the time spent there for you guys as a signing author is also beneficial to, in, you know, any, you know, hone any of the skill sets that you already have as far as the writing. But now you may want to write a thriller or you may want to write, um, yep. you know, one thing or another. And there's so many different workshops for the authors as well that are attending that it's just a way of us giving back to you guys for coming. And there's a lot of fun stuff going on on that end as well for you guys so i'm excited for y'all to be there and take the classes and we're even going to have a <laughs> podcast one about how to work with podcasters for marketing your your your, your books <laughs> yay i gotta i gotta leg up on everybody yeah you know with you a little early <laughs> well i mean times are changing i mean you remember reading the books when you were a kid right it was yep. your choices were paperback hardcover and yep. then fast forward, it became, then they added the e-reader and now you have Kindles and you have devices and you can read on your phone and all this fun stuff. And then they added audio and, and now we have all these, you know, authors doing audio books and, you know, we're falling in love with the narrators and following them and, oh, who, you know, discovering new authors and vice versa. And the same thing with the marketing side of things, it was, you know, press releases, working with reviewers and bloggers, but now a lot of people have podcasts and what does that look like or doing even you know in instagram lives and stuff like that it just it all looks fun and different and it's good to grow and develop new and hone new skills so why not while you're at an event where you know oh, hanging with the sure. fans to just go and take a course that is going to benefit you and you know improve your story so who knows we'll have a who done it in one of your books one day right <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe yeah you never know which is good. I like having available, you know, as far as openings, like you don't ever pigeonhole yourself to one thing or another. And it's okay if you want to stay in the same genre. That's always great. Trust us, as readers, we're not going to complain. Wherever does he go? We love the style. <laughs> we're going to follow. Well, I I actually have like the next two series, right? Like I know what next two series are going to be. And I have, um, I'm going to release my first standalone this July, which is the, they're going to all kind of hook into the world, but it's going to be completely standalone. 
Um, and I'm going to start doing at least one a year standalone, just sort of to, to get glimpses. I just have all these fun little characters that pop up that may not be a series, but they seem like cool people. So I want to, I want to learn more about them. So I got to write them. Yeah, we're the same way. I'm sure you've gotten that DM that said, so that friend that popped in chapter three. <laughs> yep. I actually, actually, one of my beta readers just uh, uh, texted me about a character in this latest book. It's like, are they getting a book? Because, you know. <laughs> yep. You know. You know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. I think we'll give them a book. Good, good. It's always fun when we get to have, have that moment of the reveal that they're getting that book and then finally <laughs> devouring that story and then doing the process all over again <laughs> with another book. Um, but yeah, what did you decide to get your titles in audio? Uh, so the first four are out. And so Endless, Limitless, Fearless, and Timeless are all out. And I worked with a company called One Night Stand Studios, Erin Spencer, and she's amazing. And I, they're all um, in two, we have two narrators. Um, and I actually, to pick the narrators was such a fun process. I have a friend here in Seattle that was on a sketch comedy, a Seattle-based sketch comedy for many years. And so she's an actress and her, our dogs play together. <laughs> so we would sit out in the yard while the dogs played and listen to audition, you know, all the different samples that Aaron would send. So I got to pick out my narrators and they're just, they, they, they could be perfect. Well, actually I have five out restless, which is my novella is also out. So it's short, but it's out too. And I also have the first two encores already recorded and then the other two will be recorded sometime this summer. And then I'll probably release all the rest of the encores soon. Okay. Um, it is an ex audiobooks are a thing. Like I w always wanted to do them. They're, they're expensive and they're weird to market. So I'm trying to figure that out. I'm not, so I love them and I want more people to listen to them because even if you, I don't know. My narrators are all, I didn't know this, but some of them are, you know, pretty well known. And I even think a couple are going to be at Denver. So that's going to be cool. But I love it. What I did do is another thing I did do because of my background in music is when I let a couple of my friends who are songwriters know um, that I was, you know, this author writing rocks and romance, they offered to write songs for me. And they did. So I have two Grammy award winning songwriter friends that wrote songs for me and they wrote, and so I have an EP that's out everywhere, like on Spotify, that is the band in my, in my books, that's their songs. And it's everywhere. Like you can actually find the songs from less than zero on TikTok or Instagram and use them because they're, it's released everywhere. But I also incorporated the music from those, that EP into my audiobooks. So you get a little bonus if you get the audiobook. So nice. yeah, I, I just love them. I'm um, that's honestly, it's on my list this year to do is like figure out how to do better at marketing audiobooks. Yeah, it's definitely a, a, a bit of a skill set. It's not any much that different, but there's a lot of little nuances and other things that can happen. But and working with the narrator is always the the biggest you know suggestion I always give authors about having that relationship with the, uh, the narrators to be able to, you know, cross promote and all that fun stuff. But yeah, yeah and my narrators have been great. They're so great. 
Yeah, CJ Bloom. She's going to be at Denver. Well, she's one of my narrators. She's yeah. Fiona. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking through your list and I'm going, no, not going. Was invited. APAC. <laughs> Unfortunately, our timing for this event goes right up against the equivalent of the Grammys and actually the Oscars for audiobooks, which is mm-hmm. the Audis and then they their conventions for their own developmental skills and, and trainings and business stuff is APAC. And that is the same. So it's like APAC is a convention and then they close oh. with the Audis. And timing was this the same me. weekend. It's right. Yeah, we're back to back, basically. Uh, I think it's the week before weekend and then they would have less in time. But also remembering that the narrators don't get an opportunity to actually mingle all the time. So many of them have also added that buffer of right after or before the events to connect and, you know, network and just hang out with friends and sit and knit and all this fun stuff that they do sometimes because they don't get that opportunity. And since they're there, just let's just do it. Um so yeah, so next year, next year the dates are different. So we'll we'll have significantly more narratives in attendance as well That's as cool. other fun, more focused on audiobook stuff um, for both the listeners and the attendees, but also on the like I was saying, the business side of things for the authors. So lots of plans, lots of fun stuff happening. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a wedding. You're planning for a year in advance. Oh, I know. So I can't even imagine. Like I just, I, it's just been so fascinating to watch like all these little details come together. And then like you get something checked off the list and a new thing goes on the other list. And you're mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The ever ending so you- list. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully everybody gets a little time off after it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or no. not. Love you, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> What's time off, right? Yeah. No, you know what? When it's, when you're having fun and I'm sure you, uh, it's the same thing with the books when you're having fun and you, you know you're doing it because it's what you love and what you're passionate about it's not work i'm not gonna lie there's has been nights where i'm sure the team at one point or another um is like done and grabs the bottle of wine because it's not just a glass it's an entire bottle and then the next day you start fresh and you start again right um it's just with any job but yeah it's gonna be a fun fun event and i'm very much looking forward to to hanging out with you and and hanging out with some of the other authors and getting a lot of cool books because they're going to be there. So I'm going to grab them. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. One of the things I'd love to do with our guest is to play the game of two truths and a lie. You guys are constantly creating these fictional characters, which technically makes you good liars. But I'm intrigued. I think that that's the, I would love to have been a psychologist kind of a thing background of how you go about that, creating that, that list of yours and what potentially could be the part that is semi-truthful, but also that one detail makes it the lie. So if you're ready to share your three things, what are they? Sure. Okay. My three things are, I go to the Grammys every year. Number two is Eddie Vedder bought my washer and dryer for me. And number three is that I met my husband in an Irish pub on St. Patty's Day. Okay. See, this is all where, again, I was saying the details, right? us you know sharing that he's irish it could have been an irish pub it just may have been a different date or it could have been the right date but just a different type of you know pub it's not the uh, it's not the grammys it's the tony's still an awards and you know instead of a washer and dryer it could have been anything else (laughs) or different rock star (laughs) ah the uh, the um possibilities are endless i hmm i'm gonna go with eddie vader buying the wash and the dryer 
is the lie. lie. Yes. Uh, no, that's actually the truth. <laughs> <laughs> the lie is that I go to the Grammys every year. Oh. I don't go every year, but I go every other year. So. <laughs> See, it's that one little difference. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's one of my favorite I I that's one of my favorite party tricks because no I mean it's it's just funny I used to work for I used to work for his band so he rented an apartment for me and he needed the washing dryer. <laughs> that's why you just never know when you you know when you're hanging out with someone or you go to these conventions who potentially who they might know or who they are sometimes <laughs> in the community I've had so many people bust out with saying something and then they discover who they were talking to and they're like mortified or <laughs> they're, they're completely starstruck because they did not realize that that was the person that they were all going goo goo gaga oh my god they're a fantastic writer and I'm like I know that they don't show their face online but that was them and they're like oh no <laughs> and it's well, like, well they don't realize that the writer's probably like oh my gosh i feel so good i can't believe people love me <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah no that's why i'm always a firm believer of like hey you know when you are a fan of an author whether it's a quick little note on social media writing that review sending you know anything via email just to you know buying their books and leaving just a basic star review is a way to say thank you for what they're doing as far as sharing the story and, you know, again, those little notes or when you go to these events, letting them know what these stories mean to you, it, you know, it helps. And I think sometimes anytime that you're having that moment where you're like, that's it. I don't have another story. Nothing is good because, you know, imposter syndrome, it happens to everybody. Uh, and then to have that, you know, that note and you're going, OK, fine, I'll, I'll try it again. <laughs> you know, and one of the other things that I think is super cool, too, is that you know, so many authors are also supportive of other authors. And one of the authors that's also attending Denver is a friend of mine now. She's become a friend, a very good friend. Her name is Mary Carr. And Mary's, you know, best-selling author on all the charts, all the things. And she, I reached out before I published Endless years, you know, now it's been up three years, almost three years. I reached out to probably 10 of my, I would say my most read authors. And I just said, hey, I'm about ready to embark on this journey. And I was just wondering if you would give me one piece of advice that you wish you had known before you were published, you know, before you got published. And honestly, everybody was pretty good. A couple of people didn't answer, but I've come to realize that, you know, if they have Gmail accounts, I got filtered in spam because I'm sort of cold emailing them or whatever. And I won't mention names, but um, Mary got back to me right away and she said, if you'd like, I'm happy to read your book and give you a review. And I was like, what? Like, mm -hmm. this is like an author. I've read everything she's ever written. And I sent her the book and she gave me my very first review. So Endless came out with like a, you know, a review. And for authors, when you're on Amazon, particularly, Amazon doesn't allow you to use reviews in your ads or anything unless it's somebody who has um, what they call credentials meaning they're on a, a New York Times or USA Today bestselling author. So when you're a brand new author, um, giving that level of support to another up and coming author can literally bolster your confidence and make you feel like I want to do this. And so I'm giving a shout out to my friend Mary because honestly, she did that for me. And I hope when I'm a, I'm not quite on the uh, New York Times bestselling list yet, but when I get there, I will absolutely 
uh, return the favor. Yeah, there's a lot of information that's available online and people can Google and I always say start there. But because there is so much information, then it becomes like, well, to what extent is it truthful or, you know, how much of it is actually potential factuals and stuff like that. So being able to connect with another author to get that that kind of suggestions and help is fantastic. But also too, I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely Gmail goes into spam and other times people are on deadlines. I'm sure you yep. as well. Deadlines are- I know better now, now yeah. that I'm trying to <laughs> come up with a writing schedule. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> uh, and also my favorite, because it happens to me all the time. Oh, I get the email. I look at it, go to have that whole like, oh, this is awesome. I'll reply back. And then it's no longer in my inbox Ugh. as far as unread. And so it stays in the other folder and you forget because you get busy with other things and you're going, yeah. I know I have to do something and I don't what know it? what it is. <laughs> yep. yeah. And where is it? And now it's like yep. all these other emails have come in. I can't yep. find it. I know. No. Yeah. I know. You have deadlines and you're going, I swear, God, I'm sorry. But yeah, that's where, you know, too, social media nowadays, send me, you know, sending a quick DM sometimes is helpful too. So. <laughs> <laughs> if the author's on there. Any way you can get a hold of someone. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've tracked down many narrators, very different formats <laughs> and same thing with authors. <laughs> so gotcha. Um, for sure. One last question. You write with words all the time and you use them for both day job and author or stuff like that. What's your favorite word? Which is different than that of favorite curse word, because that's the second part of the story. What is my favorite word? I would just say inspiration, probably. Mm -hmm. Because it covers all the things that you want to you want to you want to be inspired and you want to inspire. That's, that's one. You know, honestly, that's that's how I've always lived my entire life. Perfect. So what's your favorite curse word? Fuck. <laughs> or as Connor in one of my books says, feck, because he's Irish. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we go, I know you kind of shared a little bit of what's coming up next, but can you tell us again what's, what you're currently working on and what's coming up next that you can share? Sure. So I am currently working on my, I'm getting ready to write my first standalone. I already know what it's going to be about. So I'm coming up with titles and getting the artwork done for that. And my latest book is called Timeless Encore. It is the final series in my Lesson Zero Rockstar Romance series. It's coming out on March 17th. And it ties up my series in a nice little bow. And um, the whole series is just about this group of rock stars who meet their happily ever afters. And we explore what happens in their encores after they're all together and how they actually have to uh, tackle a common thing that happens to all of them over the next few, few years and uh, come out the other side. So it's pretty angsty. It's very steamy. I explore issues we talked about plus size, but I also go into mental health, women's health and fertility. I go into a me too moment where I have an actress who brings down a Harvey Weinstein like character in Hollywood. So there's all sorts of big themes, um, all very women positive focused with these strong, gorgeous men who are their equals and treat them as such, even though they're the rock stars. So I'm proud of it. And yeah. I'm really excited to um, go into my other series and, and, and sort of branch out a little bit, like I said, but um um, Lesson Zero is what has gotten me to where I'm at, and it is always going to be 
you know, probably this very special, loving place in my heart for a lot of reasons. Well, I look forward to meeting you in person and take Denver and catching up. And I'm going to be checking out that Spotify list because I'm curious as to what that's going to sound like. And I'm always looking for new songs and new fields. So (laughs) definitely. Yeah. The band is less than zero in Spotify. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm definitely looking it up. My my musical taste is very eclectic. I have like Vikings and Celtic songs to like funk and new rock and all all stuff. Yeah. So they're all all over the platter you know, the space from there. But thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me and and it's been so much fun. I'm going to include all your information as far as social media links and websites so the readers and the listeners can find you over at the main landing page at Viviana and Chapters of Books. And until next time, happy listening. Thank you to all of our audiobook-loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Michelle Bastard, Brandy Schmidt, April Branson. The audiobook loving podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shoutouts, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobook loving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.